Hey guys, it's Dawn and I wanted to let you know about a new space I'm creating called What's the Truth Community. If you experience trauma in childhood, the truth can be really elusive. In toxic families, the truth of what goes on behind closed doors is hidden. And I speak to people every day who are only just now beginning to discover the truth of who they really are years later because we were given so many false beliefs about ourselves. Nobody loves you. You should be ashamed. You'll never amount to anything. All the lies are manipulation within toxic family homes. But each belief that gets filed away in your subconscious mind is so powerful. Each belief changes every choice you make and that can change the entire direction of your life. If you are ready to create a beautiful life for yourself, come and join me in the What's the Truth community. By sharing truth, we are learning to step out of the fog and see what is the truth of your life so far. Because once you can see it, you can fix it. We are going to be talking about truth so that you can finally live in peace, freedom and authenticity. In the What's the Truth membership, you will have access to subscriber-only episodes, all ad-free and all for the cost of a cup of coffee a month. This is the most important community you will become a part of this year. If you listen via the Apple Podcasts app, you can sign up right there in the app. And if you listen on any other platform, you can sign up via Supercast. It's super easy and the links are in the show notes. This is your safe space. I'm so excited for you to join me. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. When you grow up with parents who don't understand the full spectrum of their own identity, it's very hard for them to hold space for you to explore the fullest expression of yourself as a child. So there was a lot of this 
judgment and sexual shame. When you grow up in a traumatic environment where you're not getting the love that you want from your father, because your father's like tapped out and disconnected and just not happy himself, there's a, a wound that kind of gets and healing. We call it the hungry ghost. It's like part of you that's just like grasping. So I grasped for love and I dated older boys and I was sexually promiscuous and I was just craving attention from the masculine energy because I could feel my dad was not present. Welcome to How My Parents Raised Me. I'm Dawn Chitty. When we are born, we arrive here as pure and perfect souls and the direction our life takes from that moment is deeply connected to what our parents bring to our lives and what our parents bring to our lives is deeply connected to what their parents brought to their lives and that's the cycle of families. I have always craved connection with real and raw stories to understand what makes you you What makes you the absolutely unique human that you are? Stories are medicine for the soul. They can connect us and they can change the world. And so in this podcast, I'm listening to beautiful souls sharing their story. What happened to them, how they got through and how they have healed and thrived despite everything to arrive right here in this moment. Content warning, if you are triggered by the themes of this podcast, please seek a helpline in your city. Hey, my beautiful friend, if you suffer from anxiety and are sick of all the ways it's taking over your life, please take a look at Panic Away. For over 10 years now, Panic Away has been showing people how to break anxious patterns and get their old, carefree self back, the person they were before anxiety ruled their life. Panic Away shows you how to break the anxiety loop and it gives your nervous system a chance to relax. It's totally drug-free and highly successful and it helps people with all levels of anxiety. Panic Away comes with a full money-back guarantee, so you really have nothing to lose and everything to gain. It's time to take back control of your life, your happiness, and your freedom. A life free of anxiety is like living an entirely different life. Click the link in the show notes for access to Panic Away. Hey, my beautiful friends. Do you have a story to share for this podcast? If you do, please reach out to me via the Heal blog at howmyparentsraisedme.com or send me an email to mybigloveproject at iinet.net.au. Those links are in the show notes. Have you heard of the ACE score? ACE stands for Adverse Childhood Experiences. The ACE study was a study of 17,000 humans in the 1990s who were tracked over time to see what their long-term health outcomes were. This was the original research to show there was a direct link between childhood trauma and chronic disease, 
mental illness and incarceration in adulthood. You can find out the fascinating story of how the ACE study came about and you can find out your personal ACE score on the HEAL blog, the measure of your childhood trauma. The link is in the show notes. At 205 pounds, Lauren was insecure, stressed about money and holding so much trauma and unworthiness. Lauren had suffered childhood trauma and sexual trauma and she was carrying so much weight on her shoulders. She was chronically ill and she hit many rock bottom moments. But now Lauren is free from all of that. She has healed her chronic illness, she has healed her mother wound and her father wound, and she has come home to her true self. Lauren truly believes that anything can be healed, and her mission is now in helping women to find their own place of truth and healing. Lauren has so many, many wise words to share on healing and Everything that comes out of her mouth is so good. So please join me now for Lauren's story. Lauren, welcome to the podcast. You are doing some incredible things in the healing space, helping women to heal their trauma. You've been on a journey to healing yourself. I saw a photo of you at 205 pounds and you describe yourself as insecure, stressed about money, holding so much trauma and unworthiness and with no idea about how to love yourself. But now you are free from all of that and you believe that anything can be healed. Before we get into all the juicy healing stuff, let's go back. And I I know you speak of having to heal a mother wound and a father wound. What was happening in your relationship with your parents growing up? Wow. What a, first of all, thank you so much for having me on the show and what a profound conversation to like kickstart us into this beautiful container that you're holding today. Yeah. My relationship with my parents, what a, what a big question, right? I, I am the first on both sides of my father's line and my mother's line. I'm also the first person to how do I put this, break all the rules of like what my family thought we were supposed to do. I was very much the rascal birth through these lines that was like the black sheep, you know. I grew up in a Catholic environment. I grew up with both sides of my family being right off the boat from Italy, my grandparents. And so there was a lot of pressure to be successful, to achieve, to be proper and to be a polite, conservative woman. I, I went to Catholic school my whole life. And and all of this was like, oh my God, so much control. Like, I think if, if you were to ask me to respond to that question quickly, I would say very controlled environment. My mom grew up with a lot of trauma in her life. And so she wanted to keep me safe. And that led to a lot of really strict rules and boundaries that just didn't really make sense and kind of conflicted with my own desire to be expressive. And my dad, he was very angry. My dad actually was a closeted gay man his entire life. And so that created a lot of sexual oppression and a lot of anger and unintegrated trauma from his childhood. So I kind of got, you know, these two channels of really heavy trauma energy passed on to me and it was a very hard upbringing. 
Yeah. And I can just feel that oppression. And it's, it's so obvious, isn't it? When you are that expressive sort of person, but also for many people, they don't see that because they just, you know, you feel so oppressed and yet you don't feel like there's any choice. And so how did that show up for you? What, what were you doing? Were you being outwardly rebellious or? Yeah. So a little, little bit of this is like, I think everybody's trauma stories, like if we all sat down and had an open conversation, we would notice a lot of common threads or synchronicities or patterns. And I think that's why the work you're doing is so beautiful because you can hear so many similar stories that like relate to yours. So for me, yeah, what was I doing as a child? Well, I I was I was fighting against the rule book. I mean, I was the kid in school who was arguing with my teacher about gay marriage and abortion rights and like a Catholic upbringing at the age of 10. You know, I was like the fighter. I I wanted to get my ears pierced when my mom said no. So I did it anyway. And, you know, I got a tattoo without her knowing when I was 18. I just, I really felt very oppressed. And I think that when you grow up with parents who don't understand the full spectrum of their own identity, it's very hard for them to hold space for you to explore the fullest expression of yourself as a child. So there was a lot of this judgment and sexual shame, like a part of that too, just a piece of that is that, you know, when you grow up in a traumatic environment where you're not getting the love that you want from your father, because your father's like tapped out and disconnected and just not happy himself. There's a, a wound that kind of gets we in healing. We call it the hungry ghost. It's like part of you. That's just like grasping. So I grasped for love and I dated older boys and I was sexually promiscuous. And I was just craving attention from the masculine energy because I could feel my dad was not present. So all of that is what I'd like to describe as the play out of like, well, how does your trauma play out? Then, you know, down the line, I started to realize that I was creating a lot of destruction and suffering in my life with what I was carrying that I hadn't really given myself permission to look at. So as a child, it's like, yeah, you're a teenager and you're being rebellious, but then in your twenties, it's, it's a really intensive mess. And so that was kind of where my healing journey began was like in my twenties, waking up to the fact that nobody was going to do it for me. Yeah. Oh, and I just love everything you just said. It explained it so beautifully, just that your parents don't see the full spectrum of themselves. And so they can't be there and acknowledge, you know, and just that father wound as well the way that gets passed down and how we do so want, we're just looking for attention and, and just needing that sort of love. And it is, it is so destructive, isn't it? And Um, you speak also of experiencing some sexual trauma. Can you tell us a little bit about that experience? Yeah, sure. Yeah. I think this is so cool that I get to talk about this so openly I don't think there are enough women who are having these conversations from an integrated space and it's really important. So for me, my journey of like seeking love from men was in part because of my father, but it was also because I didn't grow up with a mom who really taught me that self-confidence was important 
And I was never really given the tools to cultivate that. So I really believed that my worthiness was really dictated by two things. Number one, can I get a good job and be really successful? And number two, can I have a man like me and have a boyfriend and get a husband and, you know, get married and have kids. And so, you know, one of the things I like to tell people is that while these goals are really beautiful goals, right, to have a lot of money and be successful and to have a family, when you're, when you're driving towards an outcome from an unintegrated space, like a, a wound is trying to be filled, a hole within you, you're not embodied in your sovereignty. And so what happens is you're, you're grasping for just let me, for example, let me overwork and exhaust myself or, or let me pick the career that my dad's going to be proud of or, you know, let me spice my own health to build whatever financial outcome I want. It's not integrated. And so these kind of these things come in and they they screw with us. Right. So I was chasing validation and love from men and I attracted a partner in my first year of college that was very manipulative and had, you know, narcissistic tendencies, gaslighting, emotional abuse, mind control stuff that just, I didn't know anything about. And so over time, I noticed that I was feeling even more insecure and even more unworthy with just the games that were playing out. And I finally made a decision to leave that dynamic. And about a week later, he had reached out to me, asking me to come to his dorm room and he had he had people there in the room and the experience was essentially like a gang a gang rape as you would probably call it wow. it was very traumatic and very confusing for me and not ever being educated or taught like this is what rape is we think that it's you know, someone holding a gun to your head and, and sometimes it's not, and sometimes it has this very gray area. But what ended up happening for me after that was that I went into a state of psychosis because I was so traumatized and disassociated from my body and ended up attempting suicide. And so from there, I was in a psychiatric facility for about three months, trying to get diagnosed to understand like what was going on with me, but never telling anybody what happened because sex was something you didn't talk about. Right. So I didn't have safe space. And that led to me being on mental health medications for many, many years until the age of, I think I was 25, where I started to actually do inner work and heal myself. And so today I'm, I'm symptom free and medication free from these diagnoses that doctors gave me that were actually repressed trauma in my nervous system. So yeah, just really so blessed for my journey. And I'm, I'll say like, I know that might be a lot for people, but I'm also a big advocate of empowering women to like be open about these things. So thank you for letting me share that. And I'm totally open to talk about anything that comes through on this topic. Yeah. Wow. I mean, that's a lot, isn't it? I mean, just the betrayal at the very start of that, you know, you've been with this person for a while and then they invite you back into that situation. You're totally violated. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's something that's very difficult to get over, isn't it? I mean, going into a psychiatric facility, it's, 
it's devastating to everything there were so many layers like I I thought I remember yeah probably around the age of like 22 being like yeah I've been through this and like kind of wearing it like this badge of honor like like wow Lauren like you've been through so much and you're you're a warrior and here you are and like that's a beautiful energy to have but there's there were so many things that I'm I'm still doing that that require me to go back and look at the dynamics and the process of that and what came before it right because trauma for for many people like we think sexual trauma I call it like the tsunami it's the thing where like all of a sudden it's like crazy life's changed forever kind of thing but generally speaking those tsunamis are something that happens but there are things that happened before it that are actually what kind of caused that whole thing to manifest. And so I think it's really important to unwrap and revisit these aspects of what we've been through. My mother, she and I were talking about this recently, and she was like, I don't understand why you have to go back and relive everything, right? Like, why can't you? It just feels so painful. But I also look at my mom and I see in her eyes, in her thoughts, in her energy, all of the unintegrated trauma that she's carrying. And so I just think it's so important to revisit these things so that we can let them go. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And people can be on their deathbed and they've never looked at any of it, you know, and you can just see people walking around as they're getting you know, to a certain age, I I feel like that's when it kind of hits you, middle sort of age. It's like you, you just start developing all this stuff within your body that is that trauma that's being held so tightly and you just refuse to ever look at it. And some people wouldn't even know where to start with that. They've never even heard of this. And so you've been through that horrific event which changes everything and you, you're also carrying all of this other trauma and and then you start manifesting a lot of ill health. Mm-hmm. What was the start of that journey like? Yeah, thank you for asking. I don't think I've actually ever was well. And having the opportunity to now do this work with so many women, when you do start to change the trajectory of your body's vitality and wellness, you have a moment of like grief where you realize, wow, like as a child, I was tired all the time. Oh my God. Like as a teenager, I I couldn't focus in school. As a young adult, I had headaches every morning I woke up and we think these things are normal. You know, they're so normalized, especially here in the United States where there are just advertisements everywhere for migraine medications and you know, steroid cream you can use for the rash you have. And like, whatever it is, there's a, there's a medical solution marketed to you. And so it's, and it's very present. And we have all these symptoms that are so small that we just think that they're normal, you know? So for me, I never really addressed those things because I just felt like it was part of living. You're supposed to be tired after a long day and you're supposed to, you know, feel a little hazy and like all this justifying, you know. But then what happened for me, and I I know this is like kind of hard for people to understand, but like when you 
I had, this is how I see it. If somebody was like, Lauren, what do you think happened to you? Well, I was on medications for seven years that numbed my nervous system of feeling fight or flight, of feeling stress, of feeling anxiety, of feeling depression, of mood swings and a hormonal ebbs and flows of being a woman. You take all of that away, my nervous system is going to go into shock because it's been so numbed out for so long, right? Plus, you have embedded trauma in there. You know, your nervous system, this is the thing, like the body, the mind, and your energy field are all connected. And for anybody who doesn't believe this, I will just say, if you ever walk into a store and a grocer, a person at the grocery counter is being like a total asshole just by their energy and their, their, how they're holding their body. And you're like, what is with this guy? Like he has got a bad vibe, right? Like your energy, your physical body and your mind are very connected, right? So we have to, and we have to embrace that. We have to accept that. And when we're healing, a lot of the times we're very focused on just the physical body and the ailments. And so when I stopped taking all these medications for my mental health, I just was so hyper fixated on the mind. I was like, okay, let me make sure I don't have depression. Let me make sure I think positive thoughts and let me make sure, are there symptoms? Am I having this, you know, is it coming back? But while that was happening, my body was going through this really imbalanced experience where I was in fight or flight in my nervous system without even knowing it. So like what going to the grocery store, I would be like tense or stressed or worried. My thoughts would always be agitated and annoyed. And so I had my mind over here in low vibration. I had my body that was like experiencing this disconnect from the mind because of trauma and my body was unwell. And so all of those things, it was just like a disaster. And I started to lose some really important things of being an adult. Like my hair started falling out and I got a rash all over my body and I couldn't walk up the stairs without being in pain. And my husband had to hold the grocery bags and I couldn't drive anymore. And it was like, over time, my body was just getting sicker and sicker and sicker as I was spending more and more time off of these mental health medications. And I can answer all the questions about this that you have, but I will just say that not only have I been able to heal my entire body and all of these symptoms, but my mental health has never been more clear and more sound. And this all was manifested through the work of facing and looking at my unintegrated trauma. Yes. Wow. That's, that's so clear, isn't it? And yeah, it's such a struggle. I mean, having been through this sort of journey myself, I know exactly how it goes. And it is just this sort of you're just out there looking for answers. You just want to solve it. You go to a, a regular Western medical doctor and they prescribe you stuff. They tell you your hormones are, you know, imbalanced or there's always something because a, a lot of my symptoms were quite vague. And so it could be, it could have been anything. Yeah. But I think that the doctors don't really understand this. And so therefore the wider population don't understand it because you're just supposed to take a pill and you're just supposed to, you know, have a rest, drink some water and, and it'll sort itself out, you know, and it's so frustrating when you're on that journey. Did you feel like you were supported by the people around you? Did, did people understand it? Because I found it's very hard for people to understand what you're going through. 
Yeah, it's very hard. You know, I, I think just like anybody, when these symptoms started to come online for me and they were manifesting and getting really intense, I did go down the Western medical approach because that was what everyone was telling me to do. And I think the confusing thing when it comes to this umbrella of chronic illness, right? So this is, I'm not talking about like kidney failure or a type of cancer. I do believe all of those things can be healed as well, but I'm just speaking to my general experience as who helps people heal from chronic conditions that these conditions, whether they're chronic in the mind, so you like mental health stuff, or they're chronic conditions within the skin or in the body or in the energy levels you have, the, the Western medical world is so ill-equipped because we live in a reality of symptom-based treatment. And so when you go and you have a skin condition, I remember going to the skin doctor and the dermatologist asking her to take a biopsy and, and having her tell me, oh, it's eczema. But when you ask what's causing this, she has no answers and says that she can't help you, but it's eczema, right? And so this is like, we identify what's happening in our body by symptoms and then the doctors treat that. So that's really challenging. The other area of this is that autoimmune conditions and chronic illnesses are invisible to many doctors because the tests that they have access to and permission to use by the insurance companies are not going to be looking for the things that we can use other tests to discover, right? So um, that's really challenging because doctors often don't take you seriously. And they think that it's, I had a doctor ask me if I had a behavioral specialist when I told him what was going on, right? And that was really upsetting to be like, oh, so you think I'm lying? Like, you think I'm here yeah. crazy, right? Like, yeah. that's that. I you're not going to help me, right? So there's that. And then there's also this study, I believe chronic illness to be the healer. I think these things actually come to us to teach us how to be empowered and to heal ourselves and to take our sovereignty back. And when, when these things come, generally speaking, we're also faced with a lot of outside influence from our peers or friends or family who want to tell us what to do, right? And that can be very frustrating. My dad yelled at me so many times when I started to find my own path. And my sister had a bunch of opinions as a doctor of what I should and shouldn't be doing. And so, yeah, it was very hard to have the support, but I was able to finally find it. And that support is what changed my life. So I'm really grateful that, you know, strong prayers and and really staying focused on the belief I had, which was that I deserve to be well. This is my birthright. You know, when you hold that belief really strong, whatever is not in alignment with that belief will wither away, right? And so I did go through seasons where I was angry that I didn't have the support from doctors or from family, but because I didn't have that support from them, I found what was supportive because I held that prayer, you know? So yeah, I just wanted to say that. I think that's important. I think it's really important because it is quite a lonely journey and even the people closest to you, they just don't understand. And you are sort of free falling in this sort of space of what the hell is going on. And it it's, <laughs> It's really, it's really tough. So what, what was your rock bottom moment? Like what turned this around into healing? 
Yeah, that's a great question. I think I had a lot of rock bottom moments. I had I had rock bottom moments where I fell to my knees. I have this one memory I'm thinking of where I fell to my knees crying because I realized my body was so sick I couldn't have a baby. And I'm 34. And so, you know, I was like feeling this like I'm never going to have children energy and just how grief filled that was. That was a really big rock bottom moment for me. Getting that reflection from the doctor to go see a behavioral specialist, that was very much a rock bottom moment for me. I also had issues with alcoholism that were playing out around all of this. And I think that's a very common pattern for people who are very chronically unwell in their bodies. They try to grasp for a sense of joy or a sense of disconnect or a sense of numbing. So that can look like having a cigarette problem or having a sweets addiction or binge eating episodes or alcoholism. And so I had a lot around that as well of just, you know, grasping at these things that were actually making me even more sick. I was very blessed in my path to have miracle moments. Like my rock bottom moments are kind of blurry and all over the place, but my, my miracle moments are solid. Like I, I went to the jungle and I sat with plant medicines that were, you know, healing medicines and the realizations I had there. And then I took a trip to Sedona and met a healer that actually led me to move there for a year where I could get the support that I needed to heal my body in this alternative way. And I manifested a beautiful sister who actually held my hand through some of the therapies that I tried that helped me heal. And she lived with me in Sedona to take care of me. So and I just met her like out of nowhere. And so those miracle moments are so dear to my heart. And they were game changers for me because I started to take my power back and also started to see that what I was working through was not just a physical issue. It was, it was everything in my emotional body that I hadn't been looking at. Yeah, absolutely. And then it is when you actually start opening yourself up to that, that these things come, isn't it? You sort of, you just, you open up and then all of a sudden you find this person who sits with you and stays with you and, you know, cares for you. It's, it's incredible. It's so incredible. You talk about healing as a shamanic wake up. Can you explain what that means? Yeah. So this might be a stretch for people who aren't in the world of like spirituality and self-healing, but there's this there's this word that's kind of thrown around shamanic, right? Like, well, so maybe we should start with like what that is so that people, you know, have that education too. Shamanism is like the oldest, oldest religion, quote unquote, that could exist in this world. Shamanism is about connecting to the earth, giving gratitude and blessings. That's all it is, right? And so there's this spirit entity or energy. Like if you've ever looked at the moon and or saw a shooting star or looked at mother nature and just felt something, right? That's shamanism. There's this like spirit to the earth that lives in our entire reality with us, through us, as us. And I think that when you're a person in this life who's really dedicated to her own growth and you have a really strong prayer on your heart, to be the best version of yourself, to make a difference in the world, to, to be healed of what you're carrying, right? If that prayer is like very strong, this spirit of the world that we live in 
this energy, maybe spirit isn't the right word, but like this frequency of oneness, right? It comes through you and wakes you up to your suffering. You know, like that, that to me was my chronic illness incidents. That to me was the rape trauma and the integration I had to work through. It was God and source and the universe and mother earth, like all wrapped in one, just being like, wake the F up, right? Like stop settling for less than you deserve. Stop playing out these stories that are not even yours. They're just your ancestral BS that you've inherited, right? Look at this stuff that you've been through and heal it, right? Wake up to your power, wake up to your strength, wake up to your divinity. Like that, that's everything, you know? It's, mm. I, I think that's like, there's a, sometimes people have this approach with like, I'm a warrior and I, I battled this disease and I won. And like, I don't think that's the story I play. I, I think the story I play is that I had an initiation into my power. And I'm so grateful for what initiated me, which was the hard stuff, you know? Oh yeah, absolutely. I love all of that. And it is, it is, you have to go through that stuff. And it it is just so beautiful because it is about standing in your power. How can we begin to move trauma out of our body? What is the first steps to that? Yeah, so this is a great question. What What comes to mind for me is to practice your breath and your presence like trauma the trauma is not what happens to us it's what happens within us right so like trauma is not the experience of the sexual assault it is what you experience within the body as a result of that so a lot of the times for people who want to heal trauma the the biggest setback to that is that they're not fully connected to their bodies because of the byproduct of trauma, which is disassociation, fight or flight, freeze, right? All of these patterns that we experience. So what's really helpful is to start bringing your mind and your body back together through practices that are gentle and restorative to your oneness and your centeredness, right? So I have never met somebody who had a lot of trauma to heal that was present, like I've never, I've never seen that. Right. Like, like, oh wow, you're so present. Yeah. I just got so much trauma I need to work through. Like that's not what happens. Right. So to practice that presence is to, you know, give yourself permission to be loving enough to yourself to say, I'm, I'm going to practice being with myself. You know, a a lot of us, we don't want to be with ourselves because we're holding so much. So that can be like, 10 minutes a day, just focusing on your breath. And maybe that's two minutes a day in the beginning, right? And and you're just like breathing in and breathing out and just focusing on your life force and just grounding yourself here and doing that over and over again. That can be journaling to connect with yourself. That can be walks in nature to connect to yourself. But that is the first really important step. And even though that seems really simple, it's like the most powerful, important medicine because you can't heal what you're not present with. And for a lot of people, we're not present with any part of ourselves. We're like on our cell phones and watching TV and eating the snacks and looking at the advertisements and scrolling social media. So to start to heal is to start to be present with and to give yourself space. 
the other thing I'll, I'll just say too, is that as you start to do that, the awareness of your emotions may start to become more strong compared to maybe how things were before, because when you're in disassociation, you you don't even sometimes know what you're feeling. You're just kind of numb or anxious all the time. So when emotions start to come through the body, one of the biggest things that trauma survivors do is that they discredit or disassociate or ignore the emotions. So they'll cry and they'll say, oh, I'm so sorry I'm crying or like, I shouldn't be crying about this. I know it's so silly. And, and we don't want to do that because if you're going through something that's bringing up a hypersensitivity or like a strong emotion, it is something that is mirroring to you from a past experience, right? So like you may be crying because you spilt the Cheerios in the kitchen five minutes ago, which is a silly thing to cry about. But if you have a trauma that, that that's linked to from your childhood, that might feel really emotional. You know, maybe your dad used to yell at you when you made a mess, or maybe there was an anxiety around food that is being mirrored. And so we have to start to become really good listeners and to pay attention to, okay, what is coming up? What is this mirroring to me? And what is presenting itself to heal? And that's when you start to work with your 3D reality a little bit differently, where you're like, oh, this is coming up for my healing. Okay. And and then the, the game starts to change. And then little by little, you start to, to release these things. There's obviously more to it, but those are really good places to start. Yeah. I love that. And I love the way you explained that. And it is, it's like, I think in the beginning, it's almost like you don't even know what is myself. Like I don't, I never really thought about who I am myself. Like I think you're so disconnected. You're just out in the world just trying to do and please and make it work and fit in. You never ever sit with yourself and just you, you're just not connected at all. Well, that, you know, that's my experience and I think that's for so many people and and it is scary to to feel those emotions and I think that's what people struggle with a lot you know because it it does bring up a lot of stuff but I think you've got to start with it and the longer you sort of push it away it just delays it I th- becomes, yeah it becomes yeah. disease like you know lung cancer is grief liver failure is repressed anger you really want to play those games with your body so like feeling is healing and what's coming up is releasing. That's that's important to remember those two things. So feeling is healing and whatever's coming up is is releasing. It's leaving you, right? And to have that approach is, oh my God, it's such a game changer. But it's important to feel what you have trapped within your body so that you don't manifest these conditions that are, sure, they're very rooted in physical. Like people are like, well, breast cancer is hereditary. Yeah, but like the people who get it, like there's always an emotional source, hundred mm. percent, right? So like it's, it's like a hereditary way of coping with the trauma, I guess. Yes, exactly. Like, yeah. Oh my god, it, it's so it, it's important to see things that way, right? It's it's so important to see things that way. We're all here trying to heal ourselves, and when we have this perspective that like it's just a DNA structure or a molecule or you know, a parasite or this or that, it's like, you're, you're missing the point, right? It's, it's, it's here on three levels. So yeah, it's cool to have these conversations with people who get that. I appreciate it. 
Mm. And so how important has it been changing your diet and eating clean? Huge. Like Mm. I was just talking to a dear sister of mine because as I go deeper and deeper into my spiritual connection, you know, and my practice of service in the world and my embodiment of myself, the foods that I used to eat, I can't eat anymore. And it's almost frustrating, right? Like, but I, I cleaned up my diet immensely. And even now today, there are certain things I'm realizing that I can't, I can't go back to processed sugar, especially. So like cane sugar, high fructose corn syrup, like those things, anything where the label says added sugar, I had to remove that from my diet. Switching to organic foods, are that's so important. Grass-fed meat, so important. And where my water comes from, so important. And I went through this whole process of healing because, you know, like many people, I, I went, okay, I'm a vegan and okay, now I'm a raw foodie and okay, I'm going to eat meat, but not eat meat. And I just kind of went through this whole journey of discovering what works for me. And I think that, having a diet to to say everybody needs to do what feels in alignment to them. But if I could give guidance, I would say organic fruits and vegetables, grass-fed meat, pay attention to your water and stay away from processed oils like canola oil, corn oil, vegetable oil. They're the worst for your body and sugars, processed sugars. And if you do that, the inflammation like that's inflammation is fight or flight energy it's literally like if you looked at it it's like 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 that's the energy it has right it's Mm. just like it's really intense and the things that are processed that are not of the earth and not of life force exacerbate that and make it worse so like think of like an eight-year-old who just ate five packets of sugar right like that's the energy that's moving through your body and that was really important Because when your body is toxic and you're holding like, okay, I know I'm talking a lot on this topic, but I just need to say it. I'm a very big believer in the emotional roots of things, but I'm also a really good teacher of recognizing the physical changes we need to make too. It's not enough to just say, I'm going to heal my trauma. And it's not enough to say, I have to clean my diet. You have to do both of those things, right? Mm -hmm. But that expression, you are what you eat. I really think is actually you eat how you, you eat what you are. So like when you feel like you're unworthy and you're garbage and you're not good enough, you're going to eat that. (laughs) You know what I mean? And when you feel whole and alive and sacred, you're going to eat that. So that's really important. And when we're talking about detoxing, I'll just share this one thing for anybody. I talk about this a lot in one of my digital programs called Chronic Freedom. The key to healing any chronic condition is the liver uh, because the liver is responsible for flushing through all the toxins. So like any pharmaceuticals you take, any alcohol you drink, any processed foods, it has to go through the liver. And if you're in chronic illness condition, your liver is 99.999999% backed up. And so your body is too toxic and it hasn't been able to move out those things. So that's why high fruit and vegetable diets are really helpful because it gives the liver a break and it allows our body to start to detox. So yes, it was very important and it's still important to my life. Yeah, absolutely. And 
I think it's really important to point out that when we start this journey, it can be very stop stuck. And we feel like when we fall down and we get something wrong, or we feel like we're not coping, that we're not going anywhere, but but we are going somewhere. We just have to understand that there's blips and highs and lows and it's not it's not a perfect journey. Mm, yeah, very well said. I there are starts and stops. There are deep immersions and integrations, you know, and I, I think that's how I like to look at it. It's like I, even today, you know, I, I've been symptom free now for about two years and I still have that pattern within my life of like, I take a big leap for my health and then I have a lesson to learn. And then I take an even bigger leap for my health and then I have a lesson to learn. And it's like, you know, if we can give our bodies permission to be in that flow and not push, like a lot of us, I think when we start our healing journeys, we treat our bodies with this same amount of disrespect that we have been conditioned to. So we say, why aren't you doing this faster? Why can't you just figure this out? What the fuck is wrong with you? I mean, forgive me, I'm cursing, but you know, we do that to our bodies. And that is really important to rewrite because nothing grows in a container like that. Nothing, a child would not grow without love. And so we have to see that in our relationship to our bodies and communicate with them in just a really gentle, loving way. And to not give meaning to the ebbs and flows of the cycle of healing, because it's not a linear approach. It's a cyclical experience. Yeah. And it is about loving ourselves, isn't it? And when we've never, I mean, I know I never, ever knew that concept at all. I'd never heard of loving yourself, except in a way that meant that you thought you were a bit, you know, better than everybody else. And so when we start this, you know, it is about learning to love ourselves because it's taking care of ourselves. It's looking after ourselves. It's understanding ourselves just like a parent should have done for us. But, you know, it's a, it's for a lot of people, that's a hard concept. For like everybody, <laughs> it's a hard thing. Yeah. It's like my, one of my teachers who's been, I've been really blessed. He's given me such healing in my life with the education and the support and the mentorship. And he's like, you know, I've learned every time I see you, you look so different. It really just was all self-love, huh? And I was like, whoa, like, like that just like made me sit like, wow. Because yeah, I, I had to love myself enough to learn to listen to my body, to be patient with it, to make good food choices, to forgive myself, to look at my trauma. Like you have to love yourself to do that. And a lot of us were just inheriting these wounds of self-love from our parents. And that's what it really, I know we're circling back to that from the beginning, but that's really what this is all about. It's like we've been passed down this brokenness from our lineage where we've been taught not to love ourselves by people who don't know how to love our, love themselves. And there's a, a whole new way, you know? So, yeah. What, what do you think's like one thing that somebody can do to get on that path of loving themselves? Look at yourself. <laughs> yeah, look at yourself. Like I, I know when, I, when I'm not really feeling in love with myself, I don't look in the mirror. Like I, I have days, you know, I have experiences in my life and I spend less time connecting to my eyes. Like I won't, you know, I, I think that's, that's a first piece of like 
that I meant that more directly, right? Like, so look at yourself, but also physically, I think that's really important is to spend time, you know, in connection to looking at through your eyes, you know, who you are, your vessel, your body, your, your hair, your smile, and practicing love and, and respect. I also think that people who love themselves communicate their needs really effectively, and they're not afraid to do that. And people who don't really know how to love themselves kind of struggle with that. So I think it's really good to, if you want to love yourself, like, let's think about a child. How do you love a child? You're always looking at it. You're like, oh my God, does that baby ever, you know, like you're just obsessed with the baby. And and you also are constantly paying attention to the baby's cries and you're like, okay, what does this baby need? It's communicating, like, let me listen. So you need to do that for yourself. When your body is communicating something, like I had a failure on this a couple of weeks ago. I was facilitating an event and I was getting really tired and I wanted to stop and go meet my needs and rest. And I felt bad because the person talking to me was like so excited to talk to me. And so I forced myself to like be present. And I could feel like, wow, I'm forcing my body to stay here. My throat is literally like, say something like you need to go rest, you know, just tell them you're going to go take a nap and you'll be back in an hour. But I was just like, I couldn't be an advocate. And I felt so much guilt for that. And it was a really good teaching of like, even I'm still learning how to communicate my needs and to listen to what my, my intuition and myself is saying. So that's a really good practice. And then the other thing I'll just say is to bring back your inner child. Like my inner child loved to sing and loved to dance and loved to write and be creative and spend time in nature. And that's what I do, you know? So I invite anybody who's really trying to come into wholeness with themselves to do the things that they remember loving as a kid. Yeah, absolutely. And it is about connecting with that child because nobody's born here in hate or in judgment we're born here as beautiful pure love energy and that's who we really are it's really about finding that isn't it in peeling back all the layers of stuff that people have drowned us with over the years and just coming back to seeing and when you said about looking it is about seeing who we really are who we really are inside and and that is that pure love I think so the before and after picture that I mentioned before, you were over 200 pounds. Now the, the after picture is so bright and luminous and it is a testament to all the healing that you've done. How would you describe your life now compared with that before photo? Wow. Oh my gosh. Yeah, you're going to make me emotional. My life now is so much more peaceful you know, it's so much more grounded. It is full of beautiful joy and memories and exciting things to look forward to and trust and complete faith and spaciousness and celebration and energy. Yeah, it's it's really beautiful. I think something I really love when I shared those before and after pictures on my Instagram I have a couple of people who will respond and say, I still love the first, the first you, you know, and that has been the whole premise of this. Like when I look at 
the girl who was very, very overweight. I'm five, three. So, you know, I was carrying a lot. I wasn't carrying just excess weight and inflammation. I was carrying suffering. I was carrying all of the past versions of me that felt ashamed. I was carrying all of the old failures that I did not forgive myself for and all of the memories where I disrespected myself. And so when I look at myself now and I see a more light, clear, centered version of myself, I know that that exists because I look at all the old versions of me and learn to love them and give them what they need. And when you can do that work of like meeting the old versions of you and forgiving them and having tough conversations and hearing their pains, you know, and doing the inner work around all of these old experiences, those old experiences leave you and you feel a lightness that is indescribable to anybody who has never done that work. So I just want anybody listening on the line to know that it is truly possible that you can literally change anything. And yeah, that healing is your birthright. Mm, I love that so much. It's so is your birthright. You're running an incredible program called the Heal Program, helping other women to achieve what you've achieved. Can you tell us all about the program and, and the sort of people that you're helping? Yeah. So I attract a lot of women who are healing a lot of different things because healing does not exist on one paradigm level. So I tell this to a lot of my students, like if you come into the program and you are healing your body, but also your bank account, but also your marriage, but also your self-love, you know, you're, you're in the right place because what happens for a lot of us when we're trying to heal, we're, we're looking at our 3D world and we're seeing all of the ways that there's dysfunction or unhappiness, but all of the things that we're looking at are all very connected and they're all symptoms of something that is unintegrated within ourselves. So by healing ourselves, we can then heal our bodies and our bank accounts and our marriages and our family dynamic and all of the things. So I generally work with women who are healing whatever I just mentioned, right? And sometimes it's all those things. Sometimes it's none. I have had women in there who are alcoholics when they start their journey. I've had women who are obese when they start their journey and want to heal their bodies, women with chronic pain or Lyme disease, women who've gone through serious heartbreak and abusive relationships, and they're trying to heal that so they can manifest their soulmates. And when I put this program out, it was interesting because a lot of my, my work that led to this program was very spiritual. And I was unsure you know, of like, can I, can I offer anybody who's going on any healing path, the journey? Can I provide that for them? And the answer has been an astounding yes. I, I've never had a single student go through that program and complete the program and tell me that they didn't get the result that they desired when they walked through that path. So it's been truly beautiful. It's a, it's a 12 week process and every week for 12 weeks, you're walking through a particular step of the healing method. And each step is a deep dive into a part of yourself. And every step includes a meditation to recondition your subconscious mind. 
and a journal workbook to also and recondition the subconscious mind and create your reality. Trainings that explain and crack open and logistically walk you through what you're working on that week and a group coaching call. And so this allows women to go through the process with the modalities that they find supportive. Some women just need the logical. So they go through the trainings of understanding what is trauma? What is chronic illness? Where does it live? How do I heal this? What's the mother wound? What's the, the unintegrated teenager? And some women need the meditations and the journal workbooks. And so yeah, it's it's been an incredible journey. I've been running this program now for like two and a half years, and I've had 120 students go through the process, and yeah, it's miraculous. And then on the second half of the program, I don't like to just, you know, have people go through this deep experience and then be like, okay, bye, you know, like, peace out. There's an integration part, and so there's an additional 12 weeks of support where you get an a portal of trainings from all different types of healers. And you also get coaching calls every month so that if you need support, you can jump on and get support from me. So it's really a beautiful community. The women are awesome. It's like, it's so beautiful to just see these women come together in sisterhood to share and to heal because another aspect of Western healing is that we think it's done alone, but healing is actually done in groups. So bringing us back to that tradition, it creates huge outcomes. Oh, wow. That just sounds incredible. That sounds so good. So where do we find you? Yeah. So just for anybody who felt connected to our conversation, I would love to say hi and and get to know you. So I hang out mostly on Instagram at Lauren of Love and my website is laurenoflove.com. And then I also have the Lauren of Love podcast, which features some really beautiful stories and lessons and free trainings around healing, success creation, and spiritual study. So for anybody called Lauren of Love everywhere. So beautiful. Lauren, this has been such an incredible chat. Thank you so much for sharing your story. It's my story, your story, and so many people's stories. And that's why sharing it is so important. Thank you for sharing your wisdom with us today. And I've just had such a beautiful time connecting with you. Thank you so much. Me too. Thank you for having me. It was an honor. Thank you for being on this journey of healing and community with me. If you listen on Apple, I would love it if you could take a moment to post a review for the podcast. It would mean a lot. Check the show notes for all links recommended in this episode. If you're on Instagram, follow me at My Big Love Project and please share this episode with someone you know needs to hear it. Thank you for joining me. You are such an incredible soul because you are you. You are unique. Your journey is unique and you can absolutely change the world with your story. Your time is precious and I so appreciate you being here. Thanks for joining me. I'll catch you next week.